Hello, welcome back. This episode of Making Games is Fun is with Emily Guerra. Emily is an absolute veteran of the video games writing and journalism world. She lives in Canada, but she's over in London right now. So I grabbed hold of her and sat her down to do an interview and some portraits as well. We talk a lot about the writing process, about writing for video games... We look at some of Emily's first games and we end up mentioning Echo the Dolphin again for the second time on this podcast. And we talk in general about writing confidence, about speaking confidence, public speaking, self-confidence. And yeah, it kind of flits between being how to write for games and a therapy session for both of us, actually. And there's some silly dumb chat as well and it's very clear by the end of it that we don't know how to wrap up so it just gets really daft my thanks to emily for coming on the show it was a great chat it was a lot of fun and it was insightful as well so i hope you guys get a lot out of it so here it is series three episode 10 of making games is fun So, okay, here's, here's my overall process. Uh, I will get a job, and that job will be go speak to this person about whatever game. Now I will say, okay. And I will, uh, you know, I'll research it as much as I can. But generally speaking, it doesn't matter how much information you go in with. You're not going to be able to easily tease out exactly what you want. So, yeah. You know, you got to interview the person and sort of see what makes them actually an interesting human being. And that's really the job. Writing is almost secondary to just finding what makes another human being interesting. And a lot of the time, the person doesn't know that for themselves. Um, You know, the more famous they are, the more they've been taught by PR to hone a very specific mm. series of sentences, yeah. which they will spell it off to basically every fucking journalist. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's 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 a tricky art. Uh, but yeah, no, when it comes to actually writing stuff down, it's a lot of just listening to the interview and then hoping that there's one juicy bit, you know, the meats. <laughs> The meat. The meat. Find the meat. And generally speaking, um, I mean, especially if you're doing this as a news piece, uh, it will just end up being the news of that day. So the first graph is kind of written for you because you're just filling it with news. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not, you know, I went into writing um coming off of a uh english degree so i was like i like joyce and i want to be a cool creative writer and it's it's you know (laughs) that exact voice as well in in that exact voice it's uh i mean to a degree there is some of that where you get to be creative but certainly in reporting um different animal altogether when you do your features right because you do good features man I always always enjoy Aww. your features they're just really thanks Gary <laughs> it's okay like approaching that so you've got you've got an overall thing to investigate right yeah in terms of like gathering that information like what is your process for that like just getting all the stuff together before you even start writing like how do you know when you've got enough um 
So my, the way I go about features has kind of changed over the years. I've, I've been a games journalist for like 10 years or something. I'm an old dog in the games <laughs> industry biz. And uh, when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing, really. Um, like I said, I, I came out of uni and I did my minor in, in communications, which is kind of like journalism theory almost. Um, but, you know, when you first start a job, you don't know what you're doing and you're just kind of listening to your boss and just trying to make them happy, kind of. But... <laughs> 10 years on, I kind of feel like, well, maybe I can follow my interests. So that's kind of what I go for. I, I, I go with my gut now. So if I'm told to look at a game, I will try to find like a broader theme that that game relates to. So for instance, if I were to do a feature on cyberpunk, um, maybe it would be on hacking in relation to uh, the game or uh, whether its depiction of the future is accurate or, you know, and, and like I, I tend to lean toward more kind of future oriented stuff because yeah. um, the future is really cool. It is. It is. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go in with a sort of broad interest in, in whatever theme. Um, and, but it always comes down to the interviews. That's, that's always going to be the meat of it. And it's a lot of trying to learn the art of teasing out something interesting from another person. So you would say, for example, would you sort of get your interviews in first or get them get them down get them what's what's the what's the parlance get them down get, get them the down. interviews down get them done yeah and then from what you've got there find a thread and then go and research from based on that like so whatever that might be they might say something you go huh and then that That's might an be interesting thing where you take it and then you might i don't know you might find more people to interview on that are relevant to that or yeah whatever. and you kind of also want to do it on the fly at the same time because if you hear a person say something you mean like where, this like just this. like this like an actual <laughs> conversation <laughs> might is, go which is more like ah i haven't had time to prep them so let's just talk <laughs> <laughs> that that much on the fly <laughs> yeah well i mean honestly yeah basically like i'll go in with a couple questions um and like back in the early days um when i first started doing this like i had everything written down i had my questions written out like exactly how i was going to word them when i spoke it out loud and like I mean I'm an introvert and I'm a shy person so just the idea of doing an interview to begin with and being the one who is leading the conversation like whoa that was <laughs> so not me yeah so I had to basically write myself a script of like here are questions that like a normal journalist might pose to another person. It took me 10 years to feel like, oh yeah, I guess I am an actual journalist. But um, yeah, so basically you want to sort of get a natural conversation going and then once the person says something that seems to kind of excite them, and usually that's kind of the case where you need to find that thing where it's like, ah, oh, that's the end, that's it. Then you can start teasing that out yeah. and you want to get that done sort of during the interview or else you're kind of <sighs> screwed once you're writing something on paper. You don't have a lot to work with beyond, you know, what you're kind of making up in, in, in your own mind about, you know, whatever the topic is. Yeah, it's like um, like that resonates with me about the the over planning. Like when I used to do when I started doing um, editorial stuff for games, GM, editorial portrait stuff, I mean, the photography. I'd go in and I'd have like, I'd written like a page and a half of like, post them like this, if there's like, you know, what to do if there's a window and what to do if there's not a window, you know, <laughs> like, like properly like, like, you know, and then I'd be like researching like, what's this game about? It's about this and that. So let's try and find a, yeah. I don't know, there's lots of blue lights in this game. Let's find a blue light and then we'll use that. And then we could have like, like, like overly conceptual stuff right sure. yeah and then over time it was just like turn up see what there is take the photo and they ended up being 
better. Like it wasn't a case of me being like, oh, I can't be asked anymore. It's yeah. actually that that stuff never. W- I found that, that stuff. If you if you planned it too hard, like you say, everything would be too stiff. There's no creativity. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of need a bit of like. Um, a bit of fear, a bit of like, right, we're just going to turn up and we're going to do it. Seat of the pants a you little really bit. You really do. I mean, planning is great. And in no way am I saying this is how you do reporting. <laughs> uh, you know, I I do the best I can. And, and this is my method, I yeah. guess. But planning can only get you so far. And I mean, obviously, you want to learn as much as you can about what the person you're interviewing does and like what the game is and, you know, the name of the game and so on. But uh, certainly if you're, for instance, covering E3, a lot of the time you don't know what the game is until you get there. A lot of the time it's unannounced stuff. Um, So you are going in cold and you know there's a kind of basic one through ten questions that works for every game you know does it have multiplayer how many polygons that kind of thing (laughs) and you you know you can always fall back on that kind of thing um but if you want to like i want to sort of create something where it feels like this is so, this is something that only I could have written, and this is something that only I could have. Um, this is the angle that only I could have mm. sort of come up with, just based yeah. on my own interests. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I'm an individual person, yeah. and for most of my career, I mean, this is all very recent. Like, oh, this is this is how I do it. Kind of, yeah. Like, I, it, it didn't even really occur to me until quite recently because. For so many years, I just felt like there are professional journalists and then there's me. (laughs) And I don't, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it ever feels like you know what you're doing. At least for me, it still doesn't really. Yeah. But there are just sort of rules of thumb that you kind of stumble upon and it's like oh okay this works and if I ask this question if I throw this kind of curveball question like you know what's your favorite band or something you know just something that even doesn't have to do with games you can get some interesting meat out of that conversation because it sort of makes them go oh I wasn't expecting that and 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 makes them sort of I think also if it's been a whole day of, of interviews they've had, if you present them with anything totally. slightly different, they go, oh, yeah, thank sweet. God. Yeah, yeah. Something, something I'm not going to say the same thing over yeah. and over again. I mean, right? you're, you're walking into an event scenario where it's PR and people who have been told by PR not to trust a journalist and not to say anything interesting. And so it's kind of an uphill battle in a lot of ways. Um, but... There, I think a lot, a lot of it comes down to just trusting yourself and trusting that you have an individual perspective Mm. and you don't need to write like X famous writer. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, it's a, it's probably a a hindrance, right? Because then you're not finding your own voice and and finding what what is it that makes you you yeah yeah and actually that's when your most sort of interesting and creative stuff comes out when you i guess i guess the key is you just just fucking relax about stuff right and it's like like you said about mm-hmm. <clears throat> i feel like there's uh it's kind of a i'm making i'm really good at making up my own idioms right it's a false road to go down right <laughs> but like you know it. what i mean right I know what you mean. um when you say like oh do i know what i'm doing now yeah, because it's kind of like that's really hard to quantify. And I think the real question is, uh, am I relaxed about what I do now? Am I comfortable with what I do now? Because like, what is? It's like saying, am I good? Am I good now? Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? How would you ever like? And and is that important? And I mean, it's so relative. Mm. And certainly in games media, I mean, nobody's going to tell you you're any good. <laughs> Generally speaking, like no one's going to like anything that you write. But um, that's sort of the nature of, of, of working on the internet. Um, yeah, uh, it's a strange kind of war zone to make into your career.
Let's uh, let's go back. Let's go all the way back. Ooh. So we're talking, you coming out of uni? Came out of uni. I went to university in Canada. Went to Simon Fraser University, and uh, moved. So, well, we'll go even a little further back. So, when I was eighteen, yeah, I got married. I got, really? Yeah. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Don't get married. Uh, but once I uh, graduated from uni, um, my uh, former husband <laughs> was uh, uh, English, so we uh, moved over. To Leeds for a while. Oh. Um, Glamorous I, I, Leeds. I actually really like Leeds. <laughs> but, Leeds okay. is a beautiful city. Um, but okay. It, I was technically in Burley, I think. But <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, for about a year, I was just writing for anyone who would take me for no money. Okay. Um, another thing you shouldn't do always get paid. Mm. Uh, yes. But this was an era of internships where no one got paid for anything and mm. uh, sort of the last gasp of future magazines. So I was like, okay, let's do this. I'll write for anyone. And <laughs> doesn't matter if, you know, this might not be legal to not pay me, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I was just, um, I did a lot of internships, did a lot of freelance stuff for random mags. Um, and finally, after creating a portfolio um, that was hefty enough, I got the guts to send it into videogamer.com. Uh, and I got the gig and became a staff writer there. Um, Man, so when was that? that was this like... would have been 2011, maybe, 2010. Holy shit. Yeah. So you went straight, so you were pursuing it immediately. So did you always know you were going to be, what was first? Was it like, I want to work in games or was it I want to be a writer or was it? So initially it was, I want to just do anything where I can write for a living. Um, that was kind of the only thing that excited me. And again, as a sort of introverted person, I never felt very confident with speaking and always found writing a lot easier. Mm. Um, and I still feel that where it, it feels more like I'm, I'm getting my point across correctly on paper. Whereas when I'm speaking, it's just sort of like, just... <laughs> word barf word barf nice uh so yeah i initially started doing music journalism um because i was just a big music nerd when i was in high school uh but found it kind of too serious and i i wasn't really feeling it and around that time i got really into a blog called old man murray which you might have heard of it's yes. by the guys who did portal the writers of portal yeah uh they're comedy games writer dudes and old man murray was just a thing of wonder it's it's sort of the best of 90s blog gaming writing um, really snarky and interesting and funny and it made really strong points and that was kind of my first taste of oh this is what writing can be mm. it can be like personality driven it can be comedy driven and I got really into like the idea of comedy writing and sort of structuring sentences in such a way where it suddenly becomes funny and I just always found that interesting as an idea. Um, so basically, I just wanted to be in Old Man Murray and started. Uh, I dropped music writing and just started doing uh, games writing. Um, and yeah, built up a little portfolio and uh, just started sending it to anybody I could. So really, if I if I can give any advice to any. Uh, budding writers it would be make your fucking portfolio and that's really all you need you don't need a degree I, this is going to be maybe I, I, other people will, will disagree with me fyi <laughs> but uh yeah work according to emily you, you don't really need to go to university uh, <laughs> but you need a solid portfolio um or else you know people don't know what you're capable of how big a part in your life with video games at that point or when did you first 
discover them. When did I first discover video games? Mm. Well, as a human being who grew up in the 90s, uh, <laughs> they were just kind of rounds. I was, yes. I guess the first time that I was like super digging video games was uh, when we first got the Sega Genesis, as we call it, ah, in my land. In, in your land. Uh, or the Mega Drive, mm, as your kind drive. call it. Uh, always sounds, see, I always think Mega Drive sounds right. Sega Genesis but just has, I don't know. When someone from your land says Mega Drive. Mega Drive. I go, oh God, no, okay. Yeah, no, Mega Drive sounds And then stupid. I feel like I'll be like, I'm sorry, we, we got it wrong. We had the wrong name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I was uh, crazy about Echo the Dolphin. That was my first taster of, mm. of a gaming obsession. Uh, but it probably wasn't until World of Warcraft came out that I was really sunk into it. And I was doing like six hours a day. I mean, talk about a lifestyle game. Mm. That was like, I mean, yeah. this was back in sort of vanilla WoW days where like yeah. there were no expansions and it was just... What year was that even, man? Like, uh, like 2005, maybe? Maybe even a little bit earlier? Yeah. We're old, dude. We're old. Uh, How old are you now, Gary? I'm 36. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> it's like the Crypt the Keeper. The horror on your face. <laughs> like the thing just carrying on like... <sighs> I'm turning 32 this year. 32. 32. Yeah. This still is where it begins. Those, still got those last dregs of hope. I can see them. <laughs> see them just remaining in your eyes. The last dregs. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's still good. <laughs> no. You're in the it's still good phase, I see. No, we're all going to die. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was your... So, like, Echo. A lot of people cite Echo as one of those games because it was a, it was kind of quite surprising... It was uh, a weird kind of... I was talking to Daisy Fernandez in episode six. Yeah. Episode entered. Like, <laughs> this is going to be great. I'm going to go like, episode, and then it's just going to be a really obvious <laughs> six, seven, eight. It's one of those. Sure. Um, maybe five. Um, in this very series. Um, and she's, she mm. talked about Echo the Dolphin and how it oh, was no like, like... We surmised that it was because of um the feel like it was like game feel before that was a thing right right because it's like no one's been able to be a dolphin before yeah and it, had, and it considered that kind of like you know when he dove into the water and mm. then it had the resistance of yeah. the water and, and yeah. you pop back up and do i, I know that feel it do you know that yeah of course do i know that um yeah or and, and slamming it was, its nose against the rock. Yeah. And, and you it, make that kind of horrible shriek. <laughs> it's like it's a horrible dolphin <laughs> shriek noise. And, it's, and I just did it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and it was that kind of stuff. I think people went, oh, and and the, and the weirdness of it. And, yeah. I mean, even like, I mean, I, how old would I have been when it came out? Probably 10, maybe 9 mm. or something. And even like the coloration of it, how, like the blues used. Mm. I mean, it's, it's sort of silly things like that. But I think it has a real psychological effect on, on the, uh, the potential audience. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly back then... I can't really think of any other game that has like that look or like you said, yeah. the, the feel of it. Yeah. It really stood out. And I mean, I remember going to Blockbuster Video explicitly because they had a setup for Echo the Dolphin. And right. I would just fucking like <laughs> play that for like an hour. Man. They loved me. Yeah. Like, oh, here she is. Yeah. She's back. Not here for any videos. Do you think that's the thing maybe that like, you'll get a particular game that will that will hook you in and then from then on that's when you just keep coming back for other games there's one where, that surprises you or is particularly memorable and that's that's the kind of the, the gateway yeah the, the gateway hit, drug. right yeah. yeah and then and then that, that's what keeps you that's what kind of introduces you into the broader world of things. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like the games industry is kind of driven by nostalgia in particular. And I think that fuels a lot of what gamers like. Yeah. I mean, certainly with me. So uh, at E3, at uh, Nintendo's E3 Direct yesterday, 
or whatever, maybe a week ago, depending <laughs> on when this goes live. See how quickly and get out. Yeah. Last week. <laughs> uh, they announced the uh, Dark Crystal Tactics game, which I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. It's like two of my favorite things in one. 1982 Dark Crystal plus Final Fantasy Tactics together. And I mean, it. Nobody else seemed to give a shit. Unfortunately, like I feel like I'm kind of I was the lone. I'm surprised by that. That seems like. I wonder if if it's an age sort of generational thing yeah. where, as a 32 year old woman who remembers the Dark Crystal, uh, I yeah, and the tactics care. games and the tactics games like they're good. They're really good, but I don't know how popular they were. Because they were kind of niche in yeah. a way, even though yes, they're really totally. good games. Yeah. So you kind of hit two niches there. Yeah. I think it's cool though. Like it's bold to be like, here's two a niches. Strategy Dark Crystal game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Weird combo as well. Very strange combination, <laughs> but like it looks solid. You get you know the, yeah. the Skeksis, the evil Skeksis, and the Gelflings are running around and yes, whatever those things are. Yeah, the, you will look them up later, and <laughs> you'll be like, yes, I want a game of this. I must have. I must have passed. I must have not. Maybe it's one of those things because it wasn't. It wasn't a boyish enough cartoon. Right? I didn't. I was on my. my I reckon your kids would shit. like it. Yeah. 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 Is it not a bit scary? A bit creepy? Maybe wait a couple years, mm. I guess. Like I'm, the original stuff, is it not like, it's, whoa? I mean, it is quite dark, mm. thus dark crystal. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe it's not so good for seven-year-old yeah. girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, slash no. three-year-old toddlers. I think, like, think about those things and you wonder how much you get affected by them. Although, like... <clears throat> I had my first nightmare from watching The Incredible Hulk, the one with Lou Ferrigno in it, oh, the TV no. series. Yeah. Um, and that was like. What from was the that. nightmare? Was well, he after the, you? The, I have, right. My imagination is fucked up, right? So I must have been like five. Yeah. My nightmare was I'm in my own bed, hear someone upstairs, coming upstairs. It's like, is that mum? Is that you? Right. It's Lou Ferrigno. No noise, no, no response. So I go under the covers like that. Yeah. And the cover start coming being pulled <gasps> up and and there's Lou. His face. His face, like in my face, like that. Is it just Lou or is it the Hulk? It's well, it's the Hulk, yeah. Okay. Like, Hi, I'm TV's Lou Forinho. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you about the lady series. No, no, I don't wanna know. <laughs> I have a fear of being marketed to how <laughs> quick. Um as as the Hulk, yeah. Uh -huh. Which I thought that thought I thought that was him. I thought it was naturally green, right? Of course. And then and I managed to pull the covers down like that, just about manage it. But then, like a much stronger force pulls them up, and my whole bed is surrounded by like seven or eight That's fucking horrible Hulks lifting it up, saying Hulk, Hulk, <gasps> Hulk. What? <laughs> fucking chanting it. I'm like six, five or six. Does he even chant his own? He doesn't chant his own. No, name that, the show. that was my that own. That was just creation. your. I've trademarked twist. it. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up like, oh, woke up in a sweat thing, and I got to trademark that shit. <laughs> and now I'm a millionaire. Yeah, just shouting Hulk to himself. I don't know why. It's just you know, sure. adding to the fear, adding to the scary. Uh, uh, well, yeah. that's horrifying. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, a little glimpse into your mind. But look at me now. I'm fine. Look at you now. I'm all fine. <laughs> it's all turned uh -huh. out fine. I've I've fucked up nightmares, but that's a, that's for another. <laughs> that's another episode. I mean, I like tangents on the podcast, but that's that's taken it too far. Sure. Um, my first game was Roadrunner, <laughs> on like an Amstrad. Jeez. And I got this Amstrad. My parents gave me look. Look, it's a console. I don't know if I'd even express an interest in games before that. I must have been like five, four. Right. And then we put it on, and you were Roadrunner, and you had to run away from Wiley Curry, basically. Okay. And it was just like run across an obstacle filled screen and, and he catches you. And like I remember like screaming, laughing, like you're trying to escape this thing, right? It, yeah. It's a shitty game, but like I was just like, ah, it's gonna get me. And then that was it. That's like, that's the game. Whoa, I can play this cartoon. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, that must be why there's so much nostalgia powered stuff these days because that's you you're sort of trying to recreate that first. I'm still waiting for my Echo 2019, guys. Mm. Open world Echo. First person. Open dolphin. Sea. Open, open sea, sea Echo. Open sea Echo. Shit. <gasps> yes. We gotta pitch this. Like Echo mixed with crossed with um, oh, what's it called? Far Cry. 
oh my god yeah <laughs> you can customize him like a him. rifle attached to his yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can like decals on him and shit and yeah. you can customize how he looks different paint different like tattoos dolphin tattoos dolphin tattoos is that okay. moral is that okay maybe he shoots a laser from his blowhole yeah <laughs> maybe he does maybe he does maybe he does <laughs> How important was it to you to write about games? How important was it? Well, for me, like I was saying earlier, I've always felt like I I don't have the ability to get my opinions across as well. I just it feel, I can feel it inside of me. Uh. This like sort of it's so difficult to get the sentence out and to right. get my point out and yeah. like in my mind and maybe this is an anxiety thing it probably is yeah in my mind it's sort of like okay this is the point i want to make but actually getting from my brain brain through my mouth hole and into the ether that's the fucking hard part <laughs> but when you are just sitting there with a piece of paper and a pen and you're, it's silence, mm. and you're not having to worry about okay, how am I coming across? Does my face look weird? How's my hair? Do I smell today? And <laughs> yeah. and you know, like, what does my voice sound like? You don't. That all you know is is whipped away, and yeah. suddenly you have this space where you can get your thoughts across. And writing is sort of the only way that I've discovered to be able to do that. Mm. Um, I don't know if it actually does come across well or not, but at least it feels like it does. Yeah. I have more of a gut feeling that, okay, this is the point that I want to make and I made it as well as I could on the page. Mm. So writing about games, I mean, it's in a lot of ways has been a kind of savior in that it's the first time where I've been able to, uh, to sort of, play with my opinions and to feel sort of safe in that and to feel like I'm not in a place where I'm going to be immediately judged for for trying to work it out on the fly. And, yeah. Um, and with games in particular, I mean, I you know, I grew up around them and being able to discover your opinion about something, um, especially games, was... Mm was a big sort of discovery for me that, okay, here I, you know, I like Echo, but why do I like Echo? What about it is interesting? Mm. Well, I like the color blue. I like dolphins. That's cool. But I mean, there's something yeah. more. Yeah. It, and, but what is that more? What is that thing? Yeah. And that's a really difficult question. I think a lot of people don't sort of naturally try to break down their opinions into little pieces. Yeah. And with this job, you're forced to. Yes. Um, so it's been both sort of like an exercise for me in discovering, analyzing, breaking down my opinion. Yeah. Um, but also a way of kind of celebrating something I love and something that is, you know, as an only child, games were kind of like my sibling, you know? This is the thing that I I play with, and mm -hmm. and uh, certainly with multiplayer games, that was like oh suddenly my social group. Yeah, no, I I feel that as well because I was an only child as well, and that. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, <gasps> and that has the same sort of appeal, I think. Yeah. yeah, and and like I think what links all that, what you said there, is investigating. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of what journalism is right yeah definitely and reporting right? yeah. yeah but it's like i think i don't know if you find this but if i'm trying to whatever it is if i'm trying to understand something if i'm learning anything mm. i find it so much easier to either understand and or keep in my head and remember that's the word keep in <laughs> head keep thought in head after thought that's remembering isn't it <laughs> Um, that's memory, Gary. Memory. So memory. Uh -huh. <laughs> My memory is aided if I know why that's like that. Whatever it is, if I say, yeah. I'll say, I'll ask the person, 
or the, the teacher I said well so why why is it set up like that or why does that why, why does that need to be like that and they say oh it's because of this and this I go ah okay yeah. good and then that will like it's you know 10 times more likely to stick in my head than if I just if someone just says here is fact you know that's why I can never remember anything that's scientific or date based I just dates fall out of my head like anything yeah yeah no I get that um do you find that it's like if you know why a thing is like it is does that stay in your head more well I think that for me a lot of it does come down to being an only child I think that when you grow up with siblings you probably have more practice kind of well, arguing with each other, debating, having yeah. different ideas, disagreeing with each other. As an only child, I didn't really have that. I was just kind of like, okay, here I am inside my head and here are my thoughts. But without any real way of, well, I, I you know, few opportunities to get those ideas across. Um, I feel like a lot of my career is just playing catch up with that, that fact. Um, where I, I need to find myself in that safe place of me with paper and pad and pen and then I can figure out what my thought is, what my opinion on X is. Yeah, it's like a tool for laying out how you're feeling about a certain thing and being able to sort of organize your mind, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I find that like I'll if I'm watching a TV show like I was watching uh, Chernobyl recently and it's like, okay, so I like Chernobyl. Why do I like Chernobyl? Well, okay, the actors are good, but why does that matter? And okay, the, you know, the sets are really accurate. Why does that matter? And, you know, sort of discovering on the fly, why does anything really matter? You know, what make something actually good mm. and why does it matter if it isn't good um, which is kind of a silly idea but when you start really breaking down your analysis that kind of that's what it comes down to like why does any of this matter why should anybody care about this <laughs> yeah and that's both my job to you know find why you should care about this thing that I'm writing about um, but also I kind of feel it's almost like therapy for me because this is my process for figuring out why I like anything. find it interesting that you're saying about writing is where you're most confident and I think what you probably don't realize is that you're just as eloquent speaking but (laughs) but you I think you like as you're saying I'm 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 a bit similar actually Mm. Uh, and it's something I've recognized and worked on where you mustn't second guess yourself too much because what you're about to say Mm. is fine right and but in your head you're going but I could make this sentence like 20% better before I say it but but then what happens is you kind of don't say anything or you just go humans (laughs) flight and they're just like words not associated come out right and then you go fuck that was stupid (laughs) like and then you think next time uh, that's in your head for next time and then you go I don't know how to say fucking words anymore Um, so do you think it's a case of that and a case of that when you're writing you can go oh that didn't work let me have a second stab at that or let me have five stabs at that and then pull all those sentences the best bits of each sentence into and make it one sentence yeah here's the perfect sentence and so, you've got that security blanket right? yeah i mean my my style of writing the initial draft is just a fucking mess it is mm. just like tons of different ideas all wrapped up together there's usually no real structure to it and 
the writing process is mostly I I mean I kind of liken it to like sculpting without sounding too wanky but it's you have this clump of words this clump of quotations and now you need to restructure everything so it becomes this understandable readable text chip off the as, as all uh, good sculpt to say chip off the shit yeah exactly exactly no that's totally it um with writing i mean i've i still feel that whatever that is inside of me that makes me go "Ooh, that's not what i meant to say but it still came out well shit why did that happen that still happens with writing um and certainly when i first started writing like in uni um i would always have this this feeling in my head of like there's this I'll write a sentence and I'll look at it and I'll think there's there must be this like platonic ideal of that sentence somewhere and where it it's both funny and makes sense and it draws you in and it's the sort of thing that you know that someone would look at and be like yeah I agree with that good sentence and you kind of you strive to reach that platonic ideal of sentence but man it like it'll never come it will never come you will never reach that and that was sort of the hardest thing for me to really get my head around okay just forget about it just write so anything just write anything and then you know you you fix it up in editing yeah but it's i mean it's taken a while to get to that point I recently went back to university to do a degree in cognitive science and started totally nerding out on that. Um, so I started writing more pieces that included sort of cognitive science slash philosophical stuff and doing more things that were related around my interests while still talking about games. Um, and and if I may say, that's that's what makes your stuff so good oh thanks dude that I'm, I'm like i'm gonna get a, a reputation now because like in the last episode i was talking to luca redwood and his game's good and i was telling him his game is so good but <laughs> i have said for a long time that emily's my favorite writer Aww, and i'm gonna tell my mom you said that <laughs> um and it's things like that because that's what makes your angle on stuff so unique and yeah. your opinion stuff it's very like you manage to do um sorry to i'm cutting you off hugely here no sorry. no 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 but um Keep going. <laughs> um, you managed to get that kind of... I think from all the news writing and things you've done like that, yeah. you have that skill of... You've got the writing stamina, right? Because we're talking about just write, just write. I find that so fucking hard to be like, I'm just going to write. Like my brain goes, stop yeah. writing. This is bad. Stop. <laughs> and, and my fingers like... Ah, and I can't get my fingers to the keyboard anymore, right? <laughs> like there's a wall. My brain projects a yeah. sort of sponge. Like stop. Force field. This is shit. Stop writing. it, Like... There's that, there's writing stamina, uh -huh. there's, there's that, that that you have. And then there's this, um, I guess from all the new stuff, you've got that skill to be economical with how you write, get things across very well in a small space, right? So you've got that, and then you put that into your opinions and features stuff where you bring in, you, you're really good at bringing in the things that interest you the most and making it relevant to what you're writing about. And that makes especially around games that makes this thing that's really sort of uniquely your stuff and really interesting and that's why i mean that I like is work. all new really i i spent most of my career just trying to make other people happy in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah, yeah um you know i would i would look at people who were already successful and think well how are they doing it what are they interested in what is it that interests interesting people in the games industry and i you know i would spend a really long time really trying to get interested in things that i kind of thought i should i spent years playing league of legends which i enjoyed but at the same time kind of felt like well esports that's what you're meant to like you know, that's that's sort of what okay. the modern gamer yeah. should be knowledgeable knowledgeable about. Yeah. And so I will get into esports. Sure. And 
you know, I enjoyed it, but it's it, I didn't enjoy it the same way that I enjoy fucking nerdy science and philosophy yeah, and stuff. Okay. And once I came to the realization, oh, I should write about what interests me. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how much of a like light bulb moment that was. And it sounds really stupid to like, of course, you write what you, you know, you want to write about and mm. what interests you. But I mean, certainly when I was first starting out, I didn't have the confidence to do that. And I didn't really know what I liked. Yeah. You know, I, I knew, you know, I like games and I like comedy, but, you know, and I like philosophy, but how do I sort of bring it all together? I don't know if anyone would read it. I don't know <laughs> if, like, is it too niche? Probably, but frankly, you just have to do it and then you will find an audience for it. If you do something enough that you like, then people will come. You know, I've done I've done on camera stuff and it's just like staring into the fucking abyss. <laughs> like I don't know how like the idea is to make the camera camera your best friend, but like it's just a metal square mm. and I <laughs> I don't know how to relate to this thing, but some people can do it so easily. Yeah. And it's like what is your secret? I think just don't care just don't care yeah but i really do but i guess enjoy don't care but do enjoy so not don't care to be like hey what's up hello nerds (laughs) you come here for some game shit have you fuck you i'd watch that show yeah (laughs) that's that's the show (laughs) that's the show it's called fuck you nerds (laughs) i love it Um, so what what do you think you'll do as a podcast if you do it? What kind of what kind of vibe? I I love you to do a podcast. Give I, me more. Give me more stuff for my ears, man. For your, yeah. I do a lot of housework. I need to. I need sure. to check my ears. Mate. Well, I mean, obviously it would be games focused. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I don't totally know. I mean, I've been thinking of like there's potential for more comedy type podcasts i've been yeah. kind of playing with the idea of something in the vein of uh do you know oh shit what's that podcast called it's the dairy and uh beef network oh yes well, i've heard of it yeah so i haven't, I it's, haven't uh, uh, gone into it yeah it's a kind of cynical comedy podcast which is designed to kind of be a fake in like industrial dairy corporations right, yeah. podcast so like everything is about cows and okay. like cow feed and uh, right. uh internet famous matt lees did one um where it was sort of a super meat boy spin-off but it was called beef boy um that's one i need to listen to it's really good it. it's it's very good um if you play it like you vomit almost immediately so they have to take it off the market so it's it's all these kind of like slightly weird conceptual yeah comedy things um so i i really dig that kind of thing and i would love to kind of get back into comedy writing a little more seriously so you would write like a almost like a situation yeah i mean obviously that's a lot of work yeah <laughs> so for just like a, <laughs> this is my side project podcast i don't know i mean th- there's potential in also doing slightly more serious stuff like mental health with gaming and that kind of thing hmm. um but obviously that's not so funny <laughs> that ain't fun yeah yeah and it's about like being able to do a regular yeah actually both of those would be quite tricky too they would be very tricky i mean the other third option is just have people on and just hang out and chat like friends like this basically steal your idea steal yeah please please steal it but with a canadian accent (laughs) and that was the show that was it thank you we couldn't think of a way to wrap up so this is it (laughs) thank you for coming on well thank you for inviting me on you are bloody welcome oh it was good. Um, 
I look forward to more of your writing. You should just, people should just hire Emily Guerra. Hire me. Hire her. And they've got a character named after her now <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, Garrus, man. Which is I, who I use. Yeah. He's sick. He's like, I've done it again. I said sick and ironically, I was saying um. earlier. It's his problem being in the FGC, part of the fighting game community. Yeah. You start using that unironically and then you go, oh, mate. Oh, no. But it's okay when you say it there because everyone gets it because everyone says it, so it's fine. I still think you're cool. Thanks, mate. Even for a 36-year-old dad of two, <laughs> you can still say sick. Geras is uh, clearly based on me. In many ways like you. You yes. can freeze time. Mm-hmm. I'm um, a large, bald man. <laughs> big fan of sand. Big fan of sand. Yeah. Yep. Sand fan. Uh-huh. Always going on about sand. I've had to edit all the sand references Love out sand of me. this. This podcast was two and a half hours long, but <laughs> we're t- taking out an hour and a half of sand chat because fucking hell. Let me hell. tell you about the different kinds of sand. <laughs> Sandcast with Emily Kerr. That's There's your new pod. Sand. There's black sand. <laughs> this is your sand fucking <laughs> sand chat. 40 episodes of sand. Episode 41. Sand. Yellow sand. <laughs> More sand. More sand. Black sand. There's the black beaches, isn't there? Yeah, volcanoes. What's that made out of? Volcanoes. Is it? I don't know. I think so. I believe you, because being the sand expert, I'm I like, am, right. I am, yeah, your local sand expert, Emily Guerra. I think it's clear we don't know how to wrap this up, no. so uh, <laughs> we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you. For talking to me about sand today. That's perfectly all right. I can't think of a sand bun. Uh... Come on, sand puns. Come uh, on, workshop, workshop a sand pun. Uh, some, um, writer's room, writer's room. Uh, sand. Sand, sand beaches. Sand's glass before it's... Uh, no, sand's glass when it's really tight sand, right? <laughs> glass is tight sand, right? Glass is tight sand. <laughs> glass is tight sand. Good night. <laughs>